bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja and this week we have Meg Gray on the show sharing her whole food plant-based recovery story. I love these types of stories as you know so it is really exciting for me to have Meg here to speak about reversing her severe adult asthma and several other niggling ongoing health issues. These stories are so important to get out to the masses that you know you know she thought that she had asthma because of overexercise, you know, for extreme exercise. Uh, however, that simply just was not the case. Once she made the switch, I'll let her tell the story. <laughs> I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna give away all of the fun. So I hope you really enjoy listening to Meg's story. And also, Meg, in the pandemic, she started her own Facebook page and YouTube channel and website, and is working sharing her story, sharing recipes, sharing information over at plantfitmeg.com and plantfitmeg everywhere on social media and on her YouTube channel. So if you're looking for recipe information or ideas or anything like that, plantfitmeg is where you should go to find some new inspiration. And one thing I love about Meg is that she did not like cooking. She did not like vegetables. So these recipes are for you if you don't like cooking or vegetables. She likes to make things simple and easy and take the stress out of it for herself. And now we all get to reap the rewards of her having to learn this for herself and then share it with all of us. So I'm very excited to begin filing away Plant Fit Meg recipes. And yeah, I'm excited to share her story with you all. I hope you're well wherever you are in the world listening and that you're eating lots and lots and lots of beautiful beautiful plants and wait till the end i really enjoy meg's top three tips they're really really motivating they're really really motivating and yeah she's gone through so much and i know that you're going to benefit from listening to her story today so enjoy hello meg and welcome to the show hi karen i am so excited to have you here today and to hear your story. I connected with you when I reached, when I literally, st this is how I get guests. I just stalk <laughs> Fox Overnight's official group. That's not the only way, but it's a great group. So if you're, if you're new to this way of eating, Fox Overnight's official group is a really good Facebook group to join. It has so many success stories and so many great recipe shares and information shares. And I really, really love it. So that's where I found you and I was like, I am definitely messaging her because I was excited <laughs> about your story and I knew that people listening would be excited about it too. So thanks so much for agreeing to come and chat with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So begin at the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean really before it all began, but when, you know, what were things like, you know, in your childhood? Like how did this come about for you? 
I guess I could start with uh, my cancer diagnosis. So at the age of 20, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And that's extremely rare for a young, you know, 20-year-old to be diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And um, I had no idea that nutrition could play a role in the prevention or treatment of cancer and other diseases. Um, so I went through conventional treatment. I had two surgeries and chemotherapy. And I just thought it was bad genes. You know, my dad is also a cancer survivor. And I thought I, you know, I have bad genes, I have bad luck. And I didn't think I had any control really over my disease risk. After that, I gained quite a bit of weight over the years. I was obese. Um, I had several chronic health issues that would flare up and recede. Um, and they went on and diagnosed for a very long time. Eventually, I was diagnosed with severe adult onset asthma, endometriosis, and I also dealt with chronic pain and fatigue that actually continued to go undiagnosed. Uh, it was suspected that I might have an autoimmune condition that just hadn't worsened to the point of diagnosis, or um, it, they were leaning towards diagnosing me with fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, life went on, and after cancer, I was determined to just let it go and move on. I got married. I worked in parks and rec and arts administration and as a dance and fitness instructor. I still had my health issues, you know, on and off. But fast forward 10 years, I had been cancer free for a decade. I was super excited to meet that milestone. Um, but I also realized that I was cancer free and surviving, but I wasn't cancer free and thriving. And so I was cancer free, but I wasn't well. And I was also a new mom at the time. My son was four months old and we were trying to decide what his first foods would be. And so I had a lot of thoughts swirling in my head at that time. I, I wanted to be able to nourish our son and make him be as healthy as possible. And I was concerned about our longevity and our future health. So I started watching documentaries. I watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, Forks Over Knives, Cowspiracy, and I started to do my own research about longevity and health and nutrition and veganism. And I felt compelled to go plant-based overnight. And so on January 25th, 2016, I made the decision to go vegan and I have never looked back. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started by doing a five-day juice fast uh, with one hot meal in the midway point. And I've been plant-based ever since. And, you know, in that time, I have had a lot of ups and downs since going plant-based. I've been whole food plant-based on and off in that time. Uh, but since fully committing to a whole food plant-based oil-free diet, I'm now happy to say that I've completely regained my health. I'm off all medications. I've lost 80 pounds. And I just want to share it. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> lost 80 pounds. How does it feel to yeah. be in an 80 pound lighter body? Really strange. It's really weird to get used to. It feels amazing. It feels great. But it's also, it takes a little while for your brain to sort of catch up. It's, it's really weird. It's a really weird experience. Absolutely. And you've lost a lot of weight too, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't quite know. I don't know what in pounds. Oh. <laughs> so, 
I've lost. Oh, I looked yet. up the kilograms. For, so for eighty pounds is thirty six kilograms. Yeah, about the reference. same. So yeah, about the oh, same. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it was yeah. like thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. So thirty six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. For me as well, when I think about like, our society, we highlight weight loss over anything like you can reverse yes. you could reverse cancer with a plant-based diet but it doesn't get as <laughs> many know. likes it doesn't get as many likes as I know. <laughs> terminal cancer doesn't get as many likes as 80 pound weight loss which is it's twisted true. in our culture like absolutely i a, agree it's a heartbreaking situation when losing mm-hmm. some excess body fat is deemed more of a clickbait than yeah it's definitely seen as a highlight yeah of the story and so I don't want to just go straight even though I did launch right into that because it was the last thing you said so my mind just said the first thing that you the last thing that you said but Mm -hmm. there is so much I think and you made a good point that our brain takes a long time to catch up absolutely and there is so much that goes on with reversing your chronic illness and, mm-hmm. and not and not being quote unquote a sick person anymore absolutely and, and not being a quote unquote fat person anymore in an obese mm-hmm. body or an overweight body and that for me was really challenging was both yeah because people talk to you like you're still sick yeah it's true <laughs> and when you're like I'm, I feel fine <laughs> I feel fine yeah it takes so much time to just readjust and yeah, there's a little bit of fear that comes along with that, especially because I was sick for such a long time. You know, I had my cancer diagnosis at 20 and I was sick my entire adulthood in some way or another. And so I think when you start to heal, it's, it's amazing, but there's also a little bit of uh, fear associated with it. It's a big change when you're so accustomed to being ill and being sick and being taken care of, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it's a a big shift. It it really is a massive shift that I think that we don't give enough credit to. And I I found that for me, now this is kind of a controversial thing to say, I think. For me, I think it's controversial, but perhaps not for everyone But do you find that in some ways there's, like in, in my work, we talk about second in the hypno, in hypnotherapy and the work that I do. We talk about like, is there a reason to hold on to the problem? Like, is there a secondary mm-hmm. gain for having the problem? Mm-hmm. And I really found that for a, for a little while, not that, not that I consciously knew that there were things I gained, but people care about you and they're worried about you and they're and sick being sick kind of gives gives you even though I didn't know but once I look back I'm like and when I was really healthy I was like well now I'm really healthy no one really worries about me (laughs) no one cares about me because I'm doing fine and I wish that sometimes Mm -hmm. they would check worry about me or care about me or say you know what take a day off work you know (laughs) lay down for a a break It's true, yeah. Yeah, and I found that a bit of a shock that like I was that I kind of missed being some elements of being a sick person. And I think I feel like a lot of and, and, and being noticed or worried about or thought about. Yeah. And, and I think especially in the beginning. Yeah, that the early days. Yeah, in the early days and uh there's more being expected of you because you're feeling better and you're feeling well. So 
you're back to adulting. You're back to living the life that you're supposed to live and doing the things you're supposed to do, but you're not used to living in that way. It's totally. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a shock. Like it was a real shock, real world. When you've been sick, like you were sick, you know, really sick in your 20s. And I was, you know, really sick in my 20s. I know that you, you recovered, but then you, you know, but as you said, you had can you were cancer free, but not thriving in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I feel like it's a little bit now that I'm just musing talking to you, it's a little bit like people who are in prison, and then they get freedom. But it's and weird. it's like what now a little weird. bit weird. And like, maybe if I, I and, they, and they and they make a choice to go back into prison, because it's all they've known. It's safe. It's familiar. It's familiar. Yeah. And it's kind of frightening to be sick, for, you know, sick for so long and then not sick and be like, oh, how do I do this? Like, this is mm-hmm. unknown and scary and I'm lonely. It's a weird change. Right. Yeah. It's so worthwhile, though. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. It's so worthwhile. So much better than being sick. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's incredible. But I do think it's an Absolutely. important thing to note for anyone listening who's like in that place at those early days where you're like, mm-hmm. ooh. This is less comfortable. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But if you work through it, like it's incredible. And I think most days the discomfort isn't as uncomfortable as the greatness that you feel. So absolutely, it's hard to, it's hard to compare because like I, you just, once you, I don't know about you, but the little things that you notice, did you notice little things that you were like, oh my gosh, I never want that back. I thought that was normal. Um, I think in general, just feeling, you know, chronic pain and fatigue for so long. And now that I've been well for a while, I, I never thought I could feel this good. You know, and I never thought that health and wellness would feel like this feels, if that makes sense. I know. It does. It makes complete sense. Like that energy when you've been in chronic pain and fatigue for so many years and you're like, oh my God, like I have heaps of energy. Yeah. And I'm not in pain. And the brain fog, did you notice the brain fog? Such a huge difference. Such a massive shift. Yeah. Night and day. Night and day. No one could ever have told me. I would have thought they were making it up. I would have thought it only could happen to them and it wouldn't happen to me because my normal was chronic brain fog, chronic fatigue, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mm. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm. And Meg, what was your diet like as a child? My parents tried to feed us what they considered to be a healthy diet. You know, they tried to sort of follow the Canada's food guide and um, they did the best they could with what they knew. Um, but you know, I was never a fan of vegetables. I didn't eat a lot of them. If I could avoid it, I did. It just seems so biologically bizarre that <laughs> children are so averse to vegetables. I know. I uh, possibly so because they're. <laughs> I know. It's possibly because their bodies need really high calorie foods, and they're like, "Give me nuts and." fruits and bananas and things that are higher in calories. I don't know what it is, but it's just yeah. strange because veggies are so good for us. Yeah, I think it's also exposure, right? If I mean, my parents always tried to get me to eat my vegetables, but if I was ever eating them, they were likely coated in, you know, a pound of salt with the salt shaker over the top. And um, it was this teeny tiny little portion, you know, and 
So yeah, we were mostly, you know, meat and potatoes and a vegetable, but I, you know, didn't focus on the vegetable part. And uh, I have a five-year-old and he loves vegetables, but that's all he's ever known. He's been vegan since day one. So that's what he's familiar with. And that's what he enjoys. And how is he? He's great. He's super healthy and thriving and yeah, doing great. Yeah. And it's the thing that I notice with my kids is like, like they, my kid, well, my eldest who's had, I think two days off school and they were all days because we were going away. I don't think he's mm-hmm. ever had a sick day off school in his Indian year, sorry, grade for next year. Well, this year was obviously he had lots of days off school. But, well, yeah. <laughs> but they still weren't due to sickness. Of course, yeah. And and you can't, you know, like I, my husband and I both had many days off school, you know, like I mm-hmm. had so many days off school with sickness, colds, flu, snotty noses. And you notice other kids that are, you know, constantly have that yellow nose of fluid just pouring down their face yeah. and they're coughing and spluttering and like that, that just was never been a problem for me yeah for sure and when he was young um you know a lot of uh people that I knew who had kids around the same age as him um their kids had you know ear infections and things like that and he ne- he's never had anything like that mm, yeah ex- exactly exactly yeah Exactly. So it's really, I think, obviously the media paints a bit of a brush on, on in our country, at least in Australia, against vegan parenting, not, not, not really connecting the dots that these parents were obviously mentally unwell as well as vegan. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not the vegan part actually wasn't the, the part that was the issue. That's not the issue. It was yeah. the part where they were <laughs> neglecting to feed their children enough food. Of course, yeah. <laughs> There's the difference between a well-planned, yeah. you know, plant-based diet and not. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And so what does your son typically like to eat? What are his favourite foods? Hmm. Well, his favourites, he absolutely loves fruit of any kind, just all the fruit he can get. <laughs> Bananas, apples, mango, pineapple, berries, everything. He loves broccoli, oddly enough. So we eat a lot of broccoli in the house and uh, potatoes. He loves potatoes. Tofu. Tofu is another of his favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your kids, your son has the same favorites as our, as our son. <laughs> and lots of hummus. You have lots of hummus. Oh, yes. <laughs> hummus is a food group. <laughs> you can't be a vegan without hummus. I know. <laughs> uh, so... When you first made the switch, so you watched Fat Sick and Nearly Dead and you watched Forks Over Knives and you watched, what was the other one? Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy. Oh, that was a really powerful film for our family too. Yeah, it was a good one. They're, they're actually, they all were. They're all top top of the charts over at my house. Mm-hmm. How was your husband like when that when you were watching that and wanting to make the change? How was the transition for him? So he has always been very supportive of me and he's a very relaxed, easygoing, chill kind of guy. So whenever I tell him I want to do something, regardless of what it is, he usually just sort of responds like, oh, okay, cool do it like he, he's just very relaxed so um, I was kind of nervous talking to him about going plant-based because 
it was such a big decision and I wanted to do it overnight and I had all these <laughs> big plans. And uh, so I told him and he responded as I expected he would. And he said, okay, cool. If you think that's what's best, then do it. And he was okay with feeding our son that way because I made the case for that being, you know, the healthiest diet for him. And um, he wasn't completely on board himself, you know, like he wasn't willing to say, oh yeah, I'm going to be plant-based too. But he said, you know, you do you and, you know, I'll do my own thing and we'll raise our son Riordan, you know, plant-based. And about six months in, he decided that he was going to be plant-based as well. Wow, that's incredible. What do you think helped him get him over the line for all the people listening whose husbands aren't yet over the line or their wives aren't yet over the line or their partners? I was very non-pressuring about the whole thing. I didn't preach at him. I didn't give him a hard time. I kept our home plant-based. And then when he was out of the house, he could you know, eat whatever he was going to eat. And uh, so he was eating plant-based at home and I was doing the cooking. So, um, you know, when we first started, I was keeping it really simple and making, you know, chili with beans and pasta with, you know, marinara sauce and veggies. And so it was somewhat still familiar to him. It just was omitting the meat products and the dairy products and things like that. So I think that was very comfortable for him to be still eating things that were familiar and comforting and, you know, tasted great. And uh, over time, I did encourage him to watch Forks Over Knives with me and watch documentaries and, oh, hey, would you like to, you know, watch this? And initially he was quite resistant and (laughs) wasn't too interested. But over time, you know, he was more open to it. And once he got some of that information going and he started feeling better eating more plant-based and he realized that when he did eat meat he felt like garbage you know that really was uh what made the switch yeah for sure yeah that was definitely the case in our house as well like Ranjit he took a lot longer than six months but possibly because I didn't follow your advice which is not, <laughs> not pressure and not preach right <laughs> it's hard not to <laughs> I definitely probably I I was very emotional about it yeah in the early days I yeah once I watched I think that for me I watched Gary oh Yurovsky yeah Yurovsky's yeah. video yeah. early on I was really I don't know my baby was young and I was just so emotional in my bonding with my son when I when yeah. I went vegan and it became so personal to me like I just right. it was so personal because I kept thinking of all the babies all the mothers whose babies yeah. were being taken and I kept really thinking about my own putting my I really got into the empathy <laughs> like deeply right. yeah I deeply empathized so it just became such a and I went vegan when Iggy was, that's, you know, a really young, like four or five months old. Yeah. Similar to so you. Really and it was, similar. I was breast, yeah, I was breastfeeding and I was just yeah. like, whoa, I love him so much. Oh my God, all animals, 
all mothers love their babies as much. And then I was like, oh, yeah. cow mothers love their babies as much as oh. I love <laughs> And then I was a goner and I couldn't stop crying. So it was really hard work. <laughs> I was hard oh, work no. to be married to because I just, once I made the connection and then I watched Gary Yurofsky's video, I was mm-hmm. like, how can you, how can you do this? Like, I know right. this. I'm telling you, this is what's happening to these mothers. Yeah. How could you do Once that? you know, you can't unknow. Yeah. And yeah. It wasn't helpful to him to have me like that. I just, I just was like that. I just was mm-hmm. so emotional. Like, I was just crying all the time with every choice that he would make. Oh, no. That was cruel to animals. Oh. It was a hard first year. It was a hard first for sure. year for our family um, when I went vegan. Now it's chill and it's really, really good, but it was just, yeah, when I just fully attached to the suffering of every mother and child. Yeah, of course. And so for you, what were the biggest challenges making that change from a standard Canadian diet to, (laughs) I've never said that before. That was a weird thing to say. So it's called the standard American diet. Yeah. And I always <laughs> or the standard, standard Western diet. <laughs> mm, yeah. So standard Canadian, because that's the truth. <laughs> standard Western diet. How was it? I think the biggest challenge was just knowing what to eat, like where to go from there. Once I had done the research and watched the documentaries and I had the information, it was like, well, what do I eat now? Like, I don't like vegetables. So how am I going to make this work? And I felt so compelled to make the change. And I felt so strongly about it. But at the same time, I was really unsure of how I was going to go about making it work. And I guess that was my biggest hurdle was just trying to figure out what I was going to eat and how I was going to do that. So I just, I tried to keep it as simple as possible. I tried to make things that were very easy because I didn't like cooking. I wasn't used to being in the kitchen very much because we would eat out a lot and we would just, you know, buy chicken nuggets and toss them in the oven and wait and then they were done, you know. And so um, I tried to just make things really, really simple, you know, cook potatoes, cook rice buy frozen vegetables and cook those up, you know, buy a pre-made sauce at the shop. That's sort of how I got started. I actually am really glad that you're sharing this because I think there's so many people and and including some friends of mine who like aren't, well, not that they have an aversion to vegetables, but they're not cooks, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not cooks and they want their food to taste good, but they don't like cooking and they don't know how and they don't know how to make things taste Good, but so starting with simple dishes is 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 a really good tip. Yeah, that's definitely what I did was just starting really, really simple. And, you know, I branched out from there. And in that time, you know, since then, I've really come around to enjoying being in the kitchen. And I even develop my own recipes now. And I put them out on my website and stuff like that. So... Um, you know, it's really, I've really come around to loving it. But you know, in the beginning, I just I still sort of had that mentality of I don't want to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I'll just dump everything, you know, in the blender and blend it up and have a smoothie. And that'll be that, you know, and I, I just, you know, tried to keep it really simple. And I think whether you're someone who hates cooking or loves it, you can make this lifestyle work. And it's doable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. 
Looking back, when you first started, what were the first changes that you noticed and how quickly did you notice them? So I think when I first made the change, the first thing I noticed was my energy level. My energy level changed fairly quickly, I'd say within the first few weeks. Um, I just felt a little boost. I felt different in in my body. And um, I started losing weight pretty quickly too, because my diet had shifted so much. And, you know, I wasn't eating processed food anymore and things like that. You know, my journey has been a little bit up and down. It's not like I went whole food plant based, and then I stuck with it this entire time. I've had a few ups and downs. And over time, I did sort of reincorporate processed food. And Um, I thought I'd be okay doing that because I figured, oh, if I do it once in a while, I'll be okay. But, you know, my health issues flared up. I had a lot of problems. And so after recommitting, again, to a whole food plant-based diet last year, uh, that's when I really, really noticed um, all the health improvements, like just going off all my medication and breathing so much easier with my asthma and everything and um you know such a reduction in my my pain and fatigue and um it's just great i'm off of all medications now and it's amazing i think many like this episode your episode 160 of this podcast mm-hmm. and yeah that's round number i liked it that's cool <laughs> 160 i think for many people we we listen to podcasts like this one we watched forks over knives we watch what the health or we watch you know fat sick and nearly dead and all these things and i think that one of the things that podcasts like my own do one way they do a disservice to people is is that is that we make it seem like it's just linear. We just started whole food plant-based. We started with juice fasting and then we were whole food plant-based and the rest's history. And for many of us and for many people who are listening or who are trying it for the first time, it, it, it's, a, it's a bumpy road. It's a bumpy, it's a bumpy road that, that goes more and more uphill for most of us until we're really, really like for me – it's still a, it's still a, it's still a bumpy. There's times when I eat way clean for days, like most of the month, and then there's times of the month specifically <laughs> where I make myself some more brownies and and make the forks over knives cookies a lot more than I normally would. Yeah, for sure, and that's life, you know. <laughs> Things happen, and you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. And I got really caught up in that, I think, initially, where it's like, I'm either whole food plant-based or I'm not. And it was very black and white. Mm. And I think that kind of got me into trouble a little bit. And, you know, then I would have, you know, just a little bit of processed food and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it was I kind of fooled myself into thinking that I was being consistent as a whole food plant-based eater with just these odd you know, inclusions of processed food, but the processed food amount would increase over time and everything just kind of snowballed from there. I think for some people, they probably can eat a certain amount of processed food and still feel good and still have great energy and have their health. Um, But for me, 
eating the vegan processed stuff just wasn't far enough to heal. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I think, you know, like Dr. Clapper talks about, you know, when you're, when you're sick, like when you're, when you're, you've become sick, you know, you've got chronic kind of illness and pain, you know, any amount is like pouring gasoline on a fire is what, that's his mm-hmm. words. And it just, it's hard. But the thing is as well, both things are true. Like he's correct. But as humans, I think once we tell ourselves, you know, you can never, ever have something again, it just makes that thing into this big thing in our minds that and I think I think it's finding a bit of that balance where you know it's not to say that I'm perfect and that I never eat processed food now because that's just not realistic Um, but I think if I can be whole food plant-based you know the vast majority of the time make my home-cooked meals enjoy my food enjoy my lifestyle and you know those odd times that I do have something that's slightly off plan, let's say. It's still vegan, but maybe it's, you know, not under the whole food plant-based ideal of what would be optimal for health. That's okay. And if I do that once, then that's okay. I'm good with it. And then I just get right back on track and I keep going. Yeah. And I think like Josh Lajorny, he's the author of Sick to Fit. It's a really great book if you're listening. It's a little book. Um, he wrote, he co-wrote that with Howard Jacobson and there he's a great, they're both like, it's a great story. It's really good, easy read in the best possible way. It's really motivating. It's really inspirational. And Josh Lajorny was on the show, I don't know, like a hundred episodes ago, <laughs> but he, I loved when, he, what he said about it's the wins on the board that ma- that matter. You know, he's a sports guy, so I'm not a sports girl, but he's a sports guy. And I I found it really helpful to me that like, yeah, you can look at the losses and there will be some losses. And the losses don't mean that the game's finished and that, you know, you should quit and pack up your things and, and go because you ate some chips or you went to a barbecue with your kids and everyone was eating, you know, corn chips and Skittles. I don't know. And you had, and you had some like it's we're in we're in the world we're in a world where these foods are the majority they're everywhere all the time and it takes a special type of person to be able to be around that type of highly addictive calorie dense foods and and not crack especially if you're I think a lot of people are socially awkward so we get social anxieties (laughs) in situations and and we, our bodies go into a bit of fight or flight mode when we go into situations and we literally, our bodies are literally saying, well, this is stressful for me. Like I'm at this Christmas party, I'm at this new Thanksgiving dinner, I'm at this thing and I'm anxious. Our bodies are biologically wired when we're stressed to seek out the highest calorie foods and our, we're, we're super smart. Our bodies are super smart and they just go, you know what? The, 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 the veggie stick plate that I bought and the fruit plate that I bought isn't as calorie dense as the corn chips. It's not as calorie yeah. dense as the Skittles. I'm going to choose those. And that can seem like you've got no willpower. That can seem like such a fail. But it's, you know, it's the, it's the wins on the board. If you make have a handful of Skittles in a packet, in a, obviously Skittles is like the worst nightmare. Don't eat them. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're just kind of party food that I think about when I think at kids' yeah. parties, you know. 
And it's a challenge for everyone. And if you just, I know that for our family, if we go to a party, I don't want my kids to, it's not that I, I don't mind that they miss out because they miss out all the time when you're a vegan. You Mm -hmm. kind of miss out lots of times. I don't mind that they miss out, but I, I don't want them to resent me mm-hmm. because they miss out or that they're very aware of nutrition but I want them to resent me so for me I just say look let's make the very very best choices check in on how our bodies feel when we eat those foods and talk about why they're not the best choices and fill up on good stuff before we get to the party yeah that's a great way to do it but if mistakes are made then we know that most of the time in our house one meal out of all the meals that are in the seven days of the week isn't the worst thing That's true, for sure. But it's a challenge. Parties and Christmas at this time of year for my clients and I'm sure for your people who are watching you and following you, it's it's a challenging time for people. It is, yeah. And I think when you're first starting your plant-based journey, it's a lot harder. You feel a lot more, or at least I did, I'll speak for myself, I felt really kind of awkward and I wasn't sure, should I bring food? Should I ask them to make food? How does this work? And I I find now it's a lot easier. I'm a lot more relaxed about the whole thing. I usually just bring food to share and, you know, I I try to stick to my whole food plant-based diet as closely as possible. And if I eat a little something that's slightly off, off plan, that's okay. And, you know, I try to plan it out in advance if I can. And uh, everyone's just doing the best they can, right? So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and those situations, if you're new and starting out, like those situations, they end up kind of just figuring themselves out. Like I just it's found true. I just like yeah. I've, I've taken wraps to weddings in my clutch. <laughs> I've known that they're not gonna have enough food for me and what a potato. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you end up just kind of figuring it out and going, okay, we're well, yeah. going to this party that's not gonna have any vegan food. I'm gonna take a cooler if I think they're gonna be cool with it. <laughs> Or I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to my parents' place, my parents' place is just not not safe for a plant-based oh, person. Oh, they're not into it? Well, they try. They try, they try yeah. They just shop where they shop and there's lots of processed packaged food and they buy it from right. habit and whatever. So we bring all our food to my parents' house every time and we mm-hmm. make food for them when they're there. And I just think of it like I'm giving a gift to my parents that I'm taking, that giving them the food day off work for the weekend off cooking, you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I cook great. and that's fine. And, you know, you just start figuring it out. And there'll be people that don't want you to cook or don't want to cook vegan because they don't know how. Right. And, and you may get less invites to their house for dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just do your best and you make it work and – most of the time, I think, you know, if you just bring your own thing, usually people are pretty cool about it. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. I found my I found my friends were way more cool with it than I thought they would be. You know, I thought it would be this big deal. I kind of blew it up in my mind like, oh, when I tell people they're going to be so weirded out and they're going to ask me a million questions and it's going to be. And I built it up in my head as this huge thing. And it, when it came down to it and I told people, they were just kind of like, oh, okay. Like they weren't super interested. They didn't want to, you know, engage with me too much about it, but they were very cool. So yeah, I was really lucky that way. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you're breathing now, your asthma. How long did you have asthma for? Um, well, it was adult onset and it was initially suspected to be like an exercise induced asthma. I actually had to stop teaching fitness classes because of my asthma and my chronic pain. And uh, so I've been dealing with symptoms of it for a very long time, but it took a very long time for me to get diagnosed. Um, so I've probably had it you know, for quite a few years, uh, but was only diagnosed um, probably in the last four or five years. Yeah, okay. And how long before your asthma was better? Mm, I probably saw improvements within the first month or so. And three months after I uh, first went plant-based, um, I took up running and uh, I still needed to take my inhaler and my medication and stuff like that. Um, but I could run. Awesome. Yeah. And now I can run with no inhaler and no medication. So, yeah, it's great. That's awesome. So, yeah. And then how long did it take overall for you to lose 80 pounds? So, again, my journey wasn't linear. So there was a little little up and down. I've, I gained 10 kilos back when I was pregnant. Yeah. I'm not pregnant with you. After Theo, I think I just was breastfeeding and just eating. Yeah. So in the first year, I lost about 60 pounds. And then I gained about 20 or so back. I was uh, dealing with a lot of health problems after, you know, reintroducing processed food into my diet and had some really bad flare-ups where I had to take uh, prednisone, which is known to sort of pile on the pounds a little bit. Um, and then I've lost another, however much it is, 30, 40 pounds in the last 18 months or so. So yeah, 80 pounds total since 2016. Which is pretty great. That's pretty Yeah, awesome. it's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So you have your own YouTube channel now and social yes, media I do. and a website. So can you tell us all about everything that you do now? Yeah. So when the pandemic first started, I was at home with my son and um, we were doing some homeschooling and things like that. And um, I decided that I really wanted to share my story, share my journey, and really uh, just show people that eating a plant-based diet and being vegan can be really simple and it can be fun and, um, you know, healing is possible. I wanted to show that you can recover and you can lose weight. And uh, so I set up my website, which is plantfitmeg.com and my YouTube channel, I'm plantfitmeg there as well. I also have an Instagram account and Facebook page. They're also plant fit Megs. That's where what I am across the board. Um, so yeah, I just want to share information. I want to share my story, share you know funny stories, reviews, recipes, and I just want to help people who are interested in a plant based diet. Um, people who are you know starting out and not sure what to do. And, uh, you know, helping people who are already plant-based and maybe just want an easy recipe. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you're out there doing that and the pandemic inspired something really positive in your life. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's been really, really fun. And, um, you know, more people are watching and connecting and commenting. And it's been really, really fun. And, uh, you know, I was inspired to take a healthy weight loss coach certification. So I've done that as well. And I recently uh, completed the plant-based nutrition certificate through eCornell and the Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. So eventually I'll have coaching and um, I'll offer workshops and do more things like that as well. So I'm sort of developing those things on the back end at this point. Um, But yeah, for now, everything's free. And yeah, it's just, I love sharing the information. I want people to know about plant-based living and um, that they can be healthy and feel good. They can. And it's so good that you're out there. And I know that you'll be an amazing, amazing coach. Oh, thank you. It's a great, it's an honor to do that kind of work. I really love doing that work with people. It's really, really a privilege. Yeah. I feel really strongly that it's, it's very important work and, uh, it'll be amazing when I get that going. And if, if someone, you know, puts their trust in me and uh, I can connect with people in a different way and a bit more, you know, one-to-one and a bit more personally and help people in their journey, that's just going to be awesome. That sounds so exciting. And I haven't checked out your YouTube channel yet, but I will check it out. So it's Plant Fit Meg at your mm-hmm. website.com and yes. Plant Fit Meg YouTube, Facebook, everywhere else. That's right. Everyone head over to plantfitmeg.com and all the places where you are so that you can follow your journey and be inspired. And I like, I don't, I don't know many plant-based people who aren't obsessed with new recipes. (laughs) I know. I'm always collecting new ones and developing my own. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. That's so good. So for anyone who is listening, what would be your three biggest tips Uh, for people who are wanting to try a plant-based diet? All right. So my first tip would be find your why and give it a try. So I'd say um, think about why you want to go plant-based. For me, it was for my health and really thinking about my future and my longevity and health for me and my family. And, um, you know, other people might have other reasons for going vegan or going plant-based, you know, if they're concerned about the environment or about um, animal suffering. And um, it can be helpful to maybe ask yourself why a few times. So for me, it's, you know, asking, why do I want to go plant-based? Well, for my health. Why? And if you just keep asking yourself and you dig a little bit deeper, you can really get to the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. And that can be really helpful in the transition. And in the end, you know, give it a try. If you don't have anything to lose by giving it a try, eating a plant-based diet is super healthful. And uh, you might try it and love it and, you know, feel amazing. So it's definitely worth giving it a go and just seeing how you feel. Test it out. I love that tip. I I like that it rhymes. I like that it rhymes. Find your why and give it a try. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing is keep it simple. So I'm all about keeping it simple and easy and just avoiding the overwhelm. Um, I think when first going plant-based, there's a lot of information out there, which is great. 
But um, sometimes getting into that research mode, you can get a little overwhelmed with everything. So I think, you know, keeping it simple, starting with foods that you're familiar with, starting with foods that you eat that are already plant-based and giving yourself a little pat on the back that, you know, oh, I'm already eating some plant-based stuff. I love fruit. I love smoothies. You know, I eat oats and cereal and you know so there are probably a lot of things in your diet that are already plant-based and so that can take some of the intimidation and some of the sort of fear out of it and um yeah so just keep it simple start with things recipes that you're familiar with and just swap out you know the meat for beans or lentils make easy swaps like that you can start by doing a challenge, like there are kickstart, plant-based kickstart programs you can check out. There's one with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. There's one with the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. I know I'm throwing a lot of information out there, but... <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I love them too. They have We have a few here as well. I think there's one called Challenge 22 or that there is as well. Oh, cool. That's a vegan challenge, actually, so it's not, not quite a plant-based challenge, but it's, they're good. There's, there's lots of really great challenges out there which are helpful. Yeah. You could follow Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen. I'm pretty sure he has an app for it that you can just have on your phone and follow along. And whatever of those options sounds doable, like start with what feels somewhat easy and somewhat doable and then branch out from there, I'd yeah. say. Totally. And your third tip, because you're giving really good tips, what's your third tip? My third tip is to be kind to yourself. So give yourself credit for making steps in the right direction. And if you keep making small steps, it turns into a big change over time. And I'd say be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you go off track or, you know, if something happens and you can't... Um, you know, follow your plan 100% according to what you've set out for yourself, you know, treat yourself kindly, treat yourself as you would your best friend, or, or a child. And um, yeah, just enjoy the process. If you make a mistake, just acknowledge it, and then keep going, move on, keep growing and keep just keep going and keep growing. Perfect. Thank you so much. They are great tips. I love them all. Find your why and give it a try. Keep it simple and be kind to yourself. And the be kind to yourself tip, it's it can't it's not it's often under under underrated. It's so yeah. important, I think, for everyone. We're so good at finding the negatives, focusing on the negatives because we're wired to so we can keep ourselves safe in our environment, but but it's on this journey, it's so important to dust yourself off, forgive yourself, acknowledge that we're perfectly imperfect humans. <laughs> you know, we're absolutely, yeah. It's just super important to just forgive yourself. Yeah, and it's so easy to, you know, make one mistake and then beat yourself up about it. And then you go into making another mistake and another mistake, and you just feel so much. Uh, emotion with that and sort of guilt with that and um, it can be so easy to just sort of dwell on what you've done wrong or where you've made a misstep and I think once you can come around to forgiving yourself and just saying you know you try to look at it objectively like you know oh, I made a mistake and it's okay and I just get back on track and 
move on from there. And I found it really helpful to think of it as treating myself as I would treat someone else, you know, speaking to myself in a way that's really kind and being gentle with myself in a way that, you know, I would, I would treat my best friend or treat, you know, someone very close to me. It's such a good way of looking at it. It's such a good way of looking at it and approaching it in mm-hmm. because we just wouldn't be as unkind to our best friend or it's so our true <laughs> or someone you know like it's absolutely or our we're dogs. so hard on ourselves we are we are we are but it was so I, like I you know it's just incredible what you have come through and there's so many life challenges to come through and so many people out there have asthma or have adult onset asthma or have chronic pain or have chronic fatigue or like you know, chronic exhaustion or, and all those things. And to hear your story and to hear that you're now medication-free and you've lost 80 pounds and you're thriving, cancer-free and thriving rather than cancer-free and not thriving, it gives me hope. And, and I know that it will give so many people listening and, and your YouTube channel and the work that you're doing on your website and the information that you're sharing is going to help so many people. So I'm really, really excited just to watch you keep continue on your post pandemic, even though it's not post pandemic anywhere in the world yet, but yeah, not yet. But, but okay, on your continuing in the pandemic growth, yeah, as, a, <laughs> as an, a mentor to people, as someone who you know is a role model and and an inspiration to many people who are at the beginning of their journeys, or you know, I'm not at the beginning of my journey, but each each week when I interview a guest for this show, I learn so much, and and it just strengthens my own resolve. You know, it strengthens my own resolve. And my husband was saying just the other night because he's he was the hardest one. He was a lot. You know, my kids all my my kids have all been vegan since birth. Iggy was vegan. I don't think he ate any. He was. I went vegan when he was before he had solids. So he was a. He wasn't a vegan pregnancy, but he was a. Yeah. Vegan same here. Solids and Theo was vegan since always. Mm-hmm. And my husband took the. Yeah, he took seven years to go or six seven years to go vegan. And oh wow! Yeah and. And now he's the most militant one out of all of us. You know, he's one of those perfectionists. <laughs> he's always showing off. And so I'll have a bit of processed food or junk food and he'll be like, why are you doing that? And I'll be like, oh, God. It's like, I listen to your <laughs> podcast every day. Every week I edit it. I listen to it. <laughs> well, you know it's not good for you. But the podcast really is something that for me has helped me so much to have that weekly accountability and that weekly information mm-hmm. and hearing everyone's stories and going like, wow, you know, we've had guests yeah. on the show that couldn't see and then could see again and guests that have had terminal cancer that are cancer free and all these stories. And you're just weekly reignited from the inside to make and my own, yeah, it's amazing. My, my own eating and our family's eating, it improves literally almost each week. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really nice place to be, even though he is a painful now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all worthwhile. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just kidding because I know he edits this. I'm just, I'm, I love you, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's all worthwhile. It's such an incredible journey and I'm so glad that you're feeling so well and doing so well and that you came on the show to share your 
recovery and your healing journey with us. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I was so thrilled when you asked me to come on the podcast and I'm so happy to share my story with your listeners. And I love the work that you're doing with the podcast and I, I'm I'm going to be an avid listener now and um, I love what you're doing with it. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. And yeah, everyone head to Plant Fit Meg. Don't forget. (laughs) All right. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much, Meg, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to plantfitmeg.com and plantfitmeg on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all those places and follow her or like her, give her a thumbs up like her recipes try them let me know what ones you try post them share them do all the things send them to me the ones you like so i can try them out you know you can message me on my facebook and social media if this is your first time listening you can subscribe over on itunes and stitcher and those things and you'll get this podcast in your ears each week because it comes out weekly aside from recently when i had a holiday but from now on it'll be back to weekly scheduling so you can listen to hope stories like meg's every week in your ears, including doctors, psychologists, people, everyone who I find interesting, who are also into healing. It has always been a plant-based podcast and it will always be a plant-based podcast, but there will be guests that are, I just find inspirational because of their work that they do in healing in all other ways here, healing spiritually, healing emotionally, healing from chronic illness. I love all of that stuff. So that's part of it too. So if you love all of the all of the holistic health things, then subscribe and enjoy each week of this podcast coming out and into your ears, hopefully inspiring you, motivating you, giving you some new ways of looking at your own health and your own journey. And share this podcast with your family and friends because that really helps this podcast to reach more people and to get this message out to the masses because people are living with asthma and endometriosis and obesity and they're living with chronic pain and arthritis and diabetes and all these things that they just don't need to live with. Like it just doesn't need to be happening to our loved ones, to our friends, to our family members. So the more we share stories like this, it doesn't matter if you don't want to share this podcast in particular. There are so many great ones, Plant Proof, The Exam Room. There are so many great podcasts. You know, there's Rich Roll Podcast. I really love, you know, pages such as High Carb Hannah, High Carb Health with Shakul and Shamiz. There's beautiful Andrew Taylor and his SpudFit programs and pages. There's so many great pages to choose from. Forks Over Knives official Facebook group, Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies here in Australia. That Facebook group's a great one to join. You know, share all their stories. (laughs) You know, share all the stories with your people and inspire them on their journeys as well. Because this is about changing the planet, the health of the planet. And people, the more people who are eating this way, not only are they feeling better, which ripples out to their whole, every area of their lives, but they're consuming less animals, which is better for the planet, better for the water, better for the oceans, better for the forests, and better for the animals. So it's a win-win-win, as I always say. The more we share, the more we talk, the more we educate with kindness and with compassion and with love the more we change the world for the better for everyone. All right. Love you. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day.